Welcome to our next episode of Four Sheets to the Wind podcast. Four guys in four time zones. Salt of the Earth podcast by Salt of the Earth Men. <laughs> I forgot what that line is. Sorry, I was just trying to riff that off the top <laughs> of my last head. Last week, I just didn't even do an intro at all. <laughs> Uh, but anyways uh kick this off we're doing a late night episode we're recording this at 9 p.m pacific time on a monday so we got rick it's 10 p.m in colorado he's coming off a wedding weekend in kentucky so i'm assuming it was a bender rick how you doing i'm doing good i'm feeling all right but it was a little bit of a bender (laughs) how was the wedding Wedding was good. Kentucky was good. Really enjoyed Kentucky. So how long do you think uh, the marriage is going to last? All a succession. <laughs> I think I think that'll be all right. They're not as fucked up as the people in succession. <laughs> all right, that's good to hear. We're rooting for you from the guys on Four Sheets to the Wind Shout to out the to happy the, couple. The Royce couple. Shouts out to the Royce couple. Um. So we're just running uh, another two-man pod today. Uh, Connor is currently in transit from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas. He was out here for the weekend doing taking care of business, a little TCB, and it's just midnight in Boston, so Sloth was unable to join for obvious reasons. Uh, it was a slow news week in the last week, so... We're kind of just going to talk about some random stuff, run back a little bit of the topics from last week because I had some thoughts on them and I couldn't talk about them because I was studying for my CPA exam, uh, which hopefully I pass. We'll cross our fingers, find out September 11th. So very ominous date. Jeez. I don't feel I don't feel great about uh, just the cryptic side of that, but hey, we'll we'll. We'll cross our fingers. We'll manifest. And uh, there was a funny Tinder story that went viral uh, in the last 24 hours. So we figured we'd talk about that. And then also we're going to talk about a little NFL preseason, specifically the helmet rule that's been kind of a buzz this week. Uh, Maybe we'll even talk about a little bit of fantasy uh, me and Rick and Connor and Alex have our fantasy draft this Friday. Um, so I guess with that, how about we dive right into uh, preseason and the helmet stuff? What uh, what takeaways do you have, Rick? From the preseason, I think. Uh, yeah, Broncos are looking good so far. I think lost both their games, but I have more confidence in Case Keenum now. So. I think we're going to compete in the AFC West. Uh, most of the other preseason, I just don't pay that much attention to. But I saw Adrian Peterson got signed today, so that are the Chiefs still the favorite in the West, even though they uh, are starting Mahomes? Yeah, which I think is crazy. Apparently, Mahomes I mean, played who, well this weekend, but dude, he threw an amazing touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Okay, Super impressive. That. Yeah. Yeah, that was just for those who didn't see Mahomes, who's a known rocket arm. He basically throws the ball, I think, 
68 yards in the air or something like that. A perfect dime to Tyree Kill, who's just an absolute speeder. And Tyree Kill essentially just runs straight down the field and just runs through triple coverage and goes fast enough and far enough that he's just able to outrun everybody. And Mahomes throws a perfect dime in stride and they complete the touchdown. I mean, that sort of play is almost impossible to defend if they block long enough. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, but you um, you got to be able to hit those medium passes. Like that's that's where you make your money in the NFL. The deep oh, ball, definitely the deep not sold nice. on Mahomes. Yeah, I'm sick to. But my, I mean, the buzz Mahomes for the priests hate. I mean, the Chargers have to be the favorite for that division in my book. I think, but Chargers gonna charge, so I don't feel confident about that at all. We'll have to revisit when the Chargers are two and four after they've blown f- four games in the fourth quarter by less than three points. You know? <laughs> Miss field goals yeah, exactly. by Robert Aguayo. and Philip Rivers is yeah exactly. Philip Rivers is yelling at Robert Roberto Aguayo every single week after he, you know, chunks two off the goalpost oh, yeah. or misses a PAT or something like that. I, I'm I'm hoping for it. You gotta love a good Chargers collapse. Oh, I mean, it's one of the the greatest things in football. I think, especially, I'm of the ilk that the Chargers are the Clippers of L.A. for football, and I've, see, I don't even th- I don't even kind of agree the, with that. The Clippers are just on such a different level than any other professional sports franchise i think okay obviously the clippers are just another level but it's just fun to just give shit to our chargers fans friends that's true i i mean Uh, i'm definitely definitely a rams guy if i'm picking a team in la oh the rams are definitely the lakers they've got way more history they've been good they've got the young stud head coach. They switched to the retro jerseys that are going to be awesome this year. They're wearing those uh, all season at home except for the first two games. They're going to be wearing the same white jerseys that they wore last year, which I think are pretty good. And um, they're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Meanwhile, the Chargers are just – taking a dump on the field every fourth quarter every single year. So they botched their move, so they moved a year later. They haven't won a Super Bowl in God knows how long. And ever, right? All they've got going for them is Philip Rivers and his nine uh I don't know. I don't think they I feel like they've won one Dan Fouts didn't win one, I don't think. Maybe it was not before or before they came into the NFL, the AFL. I don't know. Yeah, they won an AFL title in 63. Oh, we don't count those. <laughs> Winning in the league. We only count Super Bowls. Yeah. That's an impressive run to not, <laughs> especially how good they used to be. They just have never been able to do it. 
Yeah, those LT early Phillip Rivers years, they were really good. But anyways, other uh, preseason takeaways kind of gearing back to the Mahomes conversation. I, I think the talk of the preseason definitely has been all the young QBs. We've got Patrick Mahomes on Kansas City, Deshaun Watson coming back from injury with the Texans. We've got all the rookies, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, um, seeing action. We've got Mitch Trubisky, who's coming back in his second year, had less than 10 starts last season. Um, He's got a new head coach with Matt Nagy. Um, Any other young guys that I'm missing? Nah. Nah, that seems about... About it. But most of these guys have looked pretty good so far. I think um, Baker's probably. I I didn't watch the full second game. From what I saw, he looked just all right. But the first game, he tore it up. Um, He looked great. Um, Have you been able to watch any of these other guys? I've watched Darnold a decent bit. He's getting all the hype right now. I don't think he played super well. Yeah, he's in the getting last a lot game, of hype, but I just don't think he played that much either. So, because they're talking about trading Teddy Bridgewater now, they seem confident enough to make him at least the backup, presumably the guy that's going to start at some point during the season. Well, they also have McCown, who played all right last year. So, I mean, if you're going to start Darnold. McCown's a perfectly adequate backup. Are they going to start Teddy Bridgewater though? I mean, I don't know what their depth chart. Well, is that's I be think they week one. I think they had brought Bridgewater in to kind of see where Darnold would be, and I think they're confident enough in having Darnold. Darnold be the guy to shop. Bridgewater. I mean, might as well. I think. Yeah, might as well get a high draft pick for him and then uh just let your rookie that you drafted with the third pick who's supposed to be your future franchise cornerstone um take his lumps out there the one thing that has been buzzing around though that is making me pause with that is their offensive line is supposedly one of the worst lines in the league and putting a rookie out there to just get annihilated is always yeah, just a little seems, risky. You don't want like this a, guy hearing footsteps early on in his career and just developing bad habits because he's getting rocked and rushed, you know, every other time he drops back to pass. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the best thing you should do, but it's – I understand, like, letting people, like, sit back and see, but, like, neither Bridgewater or – McCown's a good professional. I think he's like a good guy to have on your team, but is having Darnold sit back and watch him play going to do anything for you? I feel like that's if you have like a no, I, pretty good quarterback already to I, sit behind and watch. That's true. I guess the fear would be if you put him out just before he's ready, like he might improve just by watching McCown versus – not playing at all, like like Darnold week one through week 10 is probably going to improve at 
to some degree just by practicing more and being with the team more and yeah. all of that for an extra two and a half months than what he would be even if he wasn't starting. So then maybe you'll say, all right, this is a week 10 Darnold with no starts is a better place to throw him yeah, to the Sharks than week yeah, one. The mental, the mental thing um, is big. But Donald seems like yeah, where he pretty confident in there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's just that's always the million dollar question when it comes to quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks, especially. Is you know, are they better off wait, waiting and learning more and? just getting their routines down and all that before they actually have to worry about playing games or whether it's best to just let them learn instantly and on the job and for the team to learn if they actually have a guy that they can keep or not. And I would lean towards starting Darnold because if you think this guy is what a lot of people think he is, then he should at least be adequate very early on. And you could those guys that have it seem to show those signs pretty yeah. early and regardless of what their lines are like a guy like Andrew Luck who played tonight I believe did um, he like he's had a poor offense I I oh, think Oh yeah he did I actually yeah he uh, the Colts I saw how was. Yeah or was soon enough I don't like, know like Andrew Luck played. was still able to produce with a terrible line his whole career same with Russell Wilson and uh yeah. So I think it's just. You've seen a lot about Rosen, how but, Rosen's done. I actually have not followed too closely. So I haven't watched the Cardinals games, but I was keeping up with the stats for the first game while it was going on. And he was all right. It, it wasn't like mind blowing stuff, but I had heard a couple people like lump him in with. All the other guys who've been playing well, like Darnold and Baker, and just kind of throw them in there. So I think he's doing fine, not anything special, but he's also going up against second team guys, not doing yeah. much special. So that's never a good sign. It'll be interesting to see if Josh Rosen starts because they got Sam Darnold Bradford. there, who they just signed this offseason. Or yeah, Bradford, my bad. Uh, yeah, so they have Sam Bradford, who can be good when healthy, but he's just never healthy. And so you got to imagine that Josh Rosen is at least going to start X amount of games this year because of yeah. Bradford's injuries. Uh, probably won't start week one, and that's probably a good decision. I think Bradford's good enough where you could learn some things. He's a little bit above oh, McCown, yeah. I, mean, I would say. Bradford's had some pretty good seasons. Most accurate passer of all time. Yeah, that's a that's like a <laughs> fucking bullshit stat, though. You throw fucking checkdowns all day long and pad those completion stats. Plus, playing with Chip Kelly, there were just so many like screens and RPOs and stuff like that that are just really easy completions. Yeah. Well, no, that was he. He set that record with uh, the Vikings, not not the uh, Eagles. Uh, I thought you were talking about his. Uh, I thought you were talking about his whole career. Well, yeah, his whole career, but the but yeah, yeah, most accurate passing season ever was with the Vikings. But yeah, that's I, right. That was the one when they traded a first round yeah. pick for him, right? That season. Okay, yeah. 
that's like a lot of seasons, I guess, when Bradford gets traded for a first-round pick. But so I guess the other guy we need to talk about is uh, Josh Allen. Have you been able to watch any of those games or at least catch yeah, the highlights? I, saw, I or caught anything? the highlights of the first game, and I think he's doing a little better than I thought. I didn't see the second game's highlights, but he looked better than I thought he would be, honestly. I mean, he was, from what I saw after his first game, I watched like a montage of every single through, throw he made. And it was about what you would expect from Josh Allen, where he just has some terrible throws and then has – he his touchdown throw in the first game that he played was actually really, really nice. But it was also one of those ones where he threw a perfect ball on a rope. It was beautiful, but it was pretty well covered. And it seems like if you're not throwing that absolutely perfect, then it could have been intercepted. And is he going to throw that perfect every single time? We'll see. The other takeaway I had was that so many people were hyped on this deep ball that he threw where the guy caught the ball five yards out of bounds. And I was just like, this is Josh Allen analysis in a nutshell where all these guys just see him throw the ball really far and you can see the upside. But at the same time, this guy's just not accurate and not reliable. And if you're not throwing the ball in the field, then you're not a good quarterback. Just just straight up. If and he threw I think he had less than fifty percent completion. Um playing against backups because AJ McCarron started that game. AJ McCarron got hurt. Um, in the last preseason game or in practice, he there was worries about him fracturing his collarbone, but I think that didn't happen. I think it came back negative x-rays. So we'll see how long he's out for, but it looks like Josh Allen's probably going to start. But that's almost more due to McCarron and his incompetence versus Josh Allen really lighting it up. Rick, you there? All right. Well, it looks like maybe we lost Rick here. Oh, are so, you there? Yeah, 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 I don't know yeah, what yeah. just happened. You, you muted me just on its own. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> okay. I, I thought I, I was ready to just <laughs> rip it solo. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to do a little Rosillo Colin Coward action and just I should have just laughed you know, just ramble off the for top for thirty minutes. <laughs> I was going for a decent amount already. Yeah, I was listening. I would, I didn't say too much while you're doing on your on your take. Yeah, it was just uh, riffing on Josh Allen, which I got thoughts on. We'll see. I'm still betting heavy on Josh Allen not no, being very I good. I I would. He's the guy that I at least see being a, a franchise QB of all the young guys. 
Agreed. Deshaun Watson looked very good in his uh, performances coming back from injury. Always yeah, happy to see guys bounce back from the ACL. And it really is incredible. I feel like the tide turned when AP tore his ACL and came back earlier than expected and just absolutely tore up yeah. the league that subsequent year. And now ACL injuries they're are like just... A, they're like Tommy John now. I feel like they're, they're so like scientific. Or it's like... Yeah, it's so scientific. You're going to be out for the rest of that season, and you're probably going to be healthy by the start of the next season, and you're going to be fine. That seems to be how it's gone in recent history, which is awesome. You know, you don't want to see anyone's career get threatened, and ACLs in the NFL are super common injuries. So you love seeing that. Um, Deshaun Watson, absolutely electric player. I think the Texans are going to be really good that, this that'd season. Be Deshaun Watson you know, was they super could fun even, when he was healthy last year. That run of games once he start, absolutely once he uh, became the starter, he was so good. I mean, weren't they like the highest scoring offense in the league with him as a starter? Or yeah, top I'm sure they're three or something yeah, insane like that. Up points. Um, I mean, I think the Texans they could compete in the AFC. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the AFC is kind of top heavy. Yeah, I mean, you always it's have weak. the Patriots to deal with. I mean, the Steelers the Patriots, would probably be good. The Steelers. But the Steelers will have random seasons where they're not great. But they usually are able to pick it up enough to make the I think playoffs. Mostly de- and then, like, other than the Patriots, they usually look pretty good against people. That's I true. mean, they got rocked by Jacksonville pretty bad last, last year. Be, they can't start made a comeback. If, Bort- if Bortles can be a decent to above-average quarterback, that defense is probably just going to get better. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville's in the hunt. I could see them regressing a little bit in the sense that they went to the AFC Championship last year, so now there's almost like this perception like, oh, the Jaguars are, you know, a top-tier team. I think their defense is undoubtedly top-tier, um, but they're – Offense is just so suspect. I am personally not a Leonard Fournette believer. Uh, obviously, Bortles has his question marks. They lost Alan Hearns this offseason. He was their number two wide receiver, pretty reliable guy. I believe he was hurt most of the last season, so he wasn't really there last year. But now they've got Alan Robinson catching balls. and I mean, shit, I can't even name another wide receiver or their tight end. Is it Mercedes Lewis uh, still? They, I think Mercedes Lewis is still there, but I don't think he was their leading tight end last year. But I'm blanking on who it was, so it's a probably <laughs> Yeah, the offense in general is just suspect, and I still refuse to put any sort of faith in Blake Bortles. And so that's that on the Jags. So, I mean... It, other than the Patriots, I would throw the Texans right up there with the Steelers to win the AFC. Health permitting. Obviously, AJ, or not AJ, JJ Watt is always getting hurt. Um, 
Deshaun yeah. Watson's obviously crucial. But that goes for pretty much any good quarterback in the league other than Carson Wentz, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I, I still like the Jaguars maybe a little bit more. I'll take a healthy team versus the quarterback coming back yeah. from the ACL, even if he has looked good. I mean, it's going to be a pretty good division if the Titans are okay. And then you have Andrew Luck back. Yeah. Yeah, that could be one of the better divisions in the in the league, which is funny because that has been just a train wreck of the division for oh, yeah. a good while. I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe the Colts won't turn it around. I feel like Andrew Luck's big, but the Colts have just been so bad for – and just seems like it's just incompetence. I mean, I mean, we'll see if Andrew Luck can stay healthy too, right? I mean, that guy has not been on the field much in the last few seasons. Uh, obviously missed all of last year with a weird injury. People were thinking – you know, even a week or two before the season started that he would only miss a couple oh. weeks, ended up missing yeah. all 16 games. Just threw a football for the first time like a month ago. So just just a weird situation mm-hmm. over there in Indianapolis. How are you feeling about the Rams, Aaron? I'm feeling really good about the Rams. Um I think their offense is going to be better than it was last year. They basically they were the number one you know, offense last year. Though. Switched Brandon Cook for all right. To, I think they're going to be better. I, I mean, like the personnel wise, it looks like um, they are going to be. Yeah, yeah, they're better on paper. So whether that translates or even if there's some regression. I don't think it's going to be like serious reg- regression. Like I don't think they're yeah. going to be outside of the no, top I 10 in offense. I find that to be impossible between Sean McVay, uh, Todd Gurley coming back, the addition of Brandon cooks. I think Goff will probably be better. There's no reason to think he's not improved. Just getting another year in the league, another year with Sean McVay, yep. all of that. He got his first playoff experience, so I think he'll be better suited to make a run in the playoffs now. Um, Their defense will be interesting because they're the ones where most of the turnover happened. They brought in, as everyone knows, Ndamukong Sue, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib. Um, So they lost, I believe, Tremaine Johnson. Alec Ogletree. Um, those are kind of the two big name I mean, guys. That they were there. I feel like Tremaine Johnson's kind of. I feel like you got better at cornerback. It's kind of oh, the same. Without thing. a doubt, Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib are an improvement over Tremaine Johnson, but it's just always turnover is a variable. Um, it's a little bit harder to predict. But Wade Phillips is a really, 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 really good defensive coordinator. So I'm pretty confident in his ability. And I mean, with Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald rushing. Yeah. And 
and you got two of the best ball hawks in the league yeah, in Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib. Throw stuff up to avoid sacks, and they're going to pounce on it, I think. Yeah, we'll see whether this Aaron Donald deal gets done. There was a report last week that it was going to happen later that day, and nothing happened. Um, there was a report a couple weeks ago about uh, them being in the same area code, whatever the fuck that means. Um, but for those who don't know, Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the league, uh the defensive tackle for the Rams. He's been holding out. He hasn't been at training camp at all. He missed the first game last season after holding out also. He wants a big contract extension, um, renegotiate his current deal just because he thinks he should be getting I mean, he, he should big, be big, the big money. And he deserves highest to. Highest paid defensive player in the league. He'll be the highest play, yeah. paid non-quarterback gonna, in the How league. much more he's going to make than Von like. Miller. I think at this point, I think he wants to shatter it or they just want to give him the same contract. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty confident that'll happen. Maybe he'll miss week one or something, but for the whole season, I think uh, they're going to be good. I just bet one of my friends over the weekend who's a Chargers fan that the Rams will go farther in the playoffs than the Chargers, so I'm feeling really good about that bet. Um, the Rams playing a pretty shitty division. The Seahawks are absolutely going to regress this season. I think they lost a lot of guys on their defense. Their offensive line is going to be terrible like it was last year. Russell Wilson's going to be running around for his life, and he'll do what he can, and he'll win them uh, a decent amount of games anyways just because he's very good. But other than that, they're not going to be very good. The Cardinals are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, we could see Rosen get thrown to the Wolves pretty early on if Bradford goes down and just there's not a ton of talent around him other than David Johnson and an aging Larry Fitzgerald. Um, and then the Niners, they could be they could be good. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo ever loses a game. And Kyle Shanahan is I, one I mean, of the best coaches be good, in the league, but... I think. So I'm a little See, bit worried I think about this the Niners. Whole Niners thing is so overblown. Winning five games of the rest of the season doesn't just take away the rest, the whole other games that you didn't win a game in, you know? Yeah, but none of those games started Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, he that's played a huge pretty good, and they got a little inspired. Change. So I don't. I'm not worried about the Niners winning the division. I think the Rams are a lock for that. I'm. It's more of a long term thing with me, yeah, where I could see yeah, the 49ers maybe. being very good long term, and they're they could have like a a run that is the same time period as this Rams run before the Rams have to essentially pay Jared Goff if he is worth paying, which you hope he is. But the rookie contracts are for a quarterback are just insanely valuable in the NFL right now because they get locked down at this cheap annual money because they're on rookie-capped contracts. And so then you could use all of that other money that you would be paying for a top-tier quarterback to go 
get good defensive players, other skill positions, maybe beef up your offensive line. That's why you see teams like Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. They were great, stacked team. Carson Wentz still on his rookie contract. Russell Wilson on the Seahawks when they were making Super Bowls and they won one. That was Russell Wilson on a rookie contract stacking the team around him. You've got um, Jared Goff. The Rams are doing the same thing. That's how they're able to add all these big-name guys in the offseason. You've got um, the Chiefs who are trying to do the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. They are trying. They got rid of Alex Smith because he signed big money in um, Washington. Uh, so teams it's, are really doing this all over sword, the place. Though. And it seems it's to be a, I mean, that's what the, the Broncos CBA. tried to do last since the Super Bowl, and it's just worked out terribly. Because, yeah, if you get that good quarterback, but you're gambling on all these young guys at quarterback, and you can't win in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think like like how the the Seahawks and the Rams and the Eagles did it is a little bit different, where they took their rookie because they were bad and they just needed a star. QB that can take I mean, the their franchise and then they kind of threw him out there. They got lucky, yeah. Well, the Seahawks was a little they bit different because didn't they have a Tavares Jackson? Well, Hasselbeck well, was, that one was? That Charlie Whitehurst. Were uh, in the playoffs before that. No, Russell Wilson got drafted and then he was someone's okay. backup, but he was yeah. just playing so well that they made him the starter. I don't remember okay, who yeah. that was. It might have no, it was Matt Flynn. They signed Matt Flynn to a big deal, and Russell Wilson just looked so good that they put him in. It wasn't like the Chiefs, where the Chiefs were like, "All right, we have a choice to pay this guy who's been good, or just go with the rookie contract yeah. guy who's unproven." But yeah, so I guess that's uh, that's my spiel on that. Anything else you want to talk about? And just this wise? new helmet rule just seems like it's going to be a disaster. Every every game I just see on Twitter, oh, just people absolutely. posting like pictures of like guys. I don't understand how they think you can like hit a guy without leading with your head. And there yeah, and there's guys impossible. that are like literally just brushing off and like a perfect form tackle. Where his head's just like right on the guy's the side of the guy's hip in front of him, and they're ejecting guys for that. It just seems like mm-hmm. they. I just don't think that they can go into the season with this as a rule. I don't know what they're gonna do because it seems like it'd be pretty crazy to just change a rule. I think what they can change is the enforcement. I think this isn't the first time where you've seen a rule change. And in the preseason, they kind of go hard and call on it just to set this like frightening precedent for all of the players. And then once the season actually starts, they kind of tone it back a little bit and give guys yeah, a little bit I mean, more that's freedom. Good, just like on the low, tell but the refs not we'll to see. call it. Yeah, just be like, hey guys, I know... We told you to be really strict about this in the preseason. We saw how that happened. 
or we saw how that went and we want you to still call if it's something like within this these parameters but otherwise just let more go i could see something yeah like i think that that's happening. what they're gonna have to do because it's gonna be a just not unwatchable but just super frustrating for players and fans if they go keep like this i mean how are safety supposed to play every single hit they make yeah. in the open field is going to be flagged i mean richard sherman was has been all over twitter talking about just how absurd this rule is because it's just impossible for players moving at that speed reacting that quickly to avoid any sort of contact and to physically just lead with your head like you're you're supposed to bend over when you make a tackle and your head is just yeah, going it's... to be in front of the rest of your body like that is just physically how your body works i don't yeah, get how you I'm, don't yeah it's do gonna, it's going to get solved but it's just yeah it's just like uh, yeah it's just hopefully right this now. is the nfl been waiting for the NFL to come back, and then they're just putting this bullshit on it. That's what I got to say about that. All right. All right. So I guess moving on from the NFL, we've got uh, – so in the news in the last 24 hours, there was this Tinder story – and essentially what happened and if you haven't read this already i highly recommend you going on twitter and reading this thread because me summarizing it will not do it justice the guy's a good storyteller it is at b v d h a i i don't know his name is like russian characters or some shit i don't even know so i can't say his name but uh Basically, what happens is this guy matches with a girl on Tinder. They start making just their random Tinder small talk. She responds, hey, like, here's my phone number. You should text me instead of Tinder. So then they start texting each other. And then she says, hey, you know, I'm really busy with work. Can I reach back out to you in a couple weeks when I have more free time? And the guy says, yeah, sure, no problem. Just let me know whenever you're free. That's that. Thinks the he's never going to talk to this girl again. He even goes back on Tinder a few days later and sees this girl had unmatched him. So he thinks, all right, this is never going to happen, whatever. you know, That's not the first time that's happened on Tinder. It won't be the last. And much to his surprise, in a week or two later, she texts him and say, hey, like, I'm free. I've got time again. Let's go out on a date. What do you say about f- this coming Friday? One of my friends is DJing the- at the park. It- this is in New York, I think, in Union Park or something like that. I don't know. My friend's DJing. Why don't we meet up there, stay for a little bit, then go out for drinks after, see where the night goes. Guy says yes. That morning, she texts him again and says, hey, the forecast says it's going to rain, but it's supposed to clear up by the time for our date. 
I still will be there, rain or shine. Hope to see you, blah, blah. So then the guy's about to show up, and she says, all right, just meet me there. I'll be at the front of the stage. So he shows up, and he says it's kind of a weird vibe. He can't really see what's going on. He's not just going to walk right up to the stage and look like just an idiot just standing there by himself. So he's kind of chilling on the outskirts. It's not exactly like a packed house. There's maybe 100-plus people there in this open park. And then he messages the girl, says he's there. She said, okay, running a little bit late. I'll meet you at the front. And about 15, 20 minutes later, he sees this girl walking up with two bodyguards, realizes this is the girl that he's supposed to meet, and he's like, okay, something is absolutely up. She goes up on stage and basically announces to everybody that they all matched with this girl on Tinder and that she had invited them here to try and win a date with her. And she gives all of these rules for what they need to do to beat out all of the other guys to go on a date with this girl. And so it's essentially, there's like a hundred guys, I'm pretty sure, that she matched with in invited on this date so then all these guys are just looking around at each other like what the fuck is happening so the narrator of the tweet he decided you know fuck this i'm obviously not gonna participate in i think what he called like this hunger games of dating and just went home for the night but that's basically (laughs) what happened so i mean just a what a what a bizarre! Like, do you think, I would think like story. these things have now. It's like a Nathan for you thing or something like that. Like, oh, this would totally be a good Nathan for you thing. Like, just to like, where did she get Tinder? the money to put this on? <laughs> She's like a stage setup for. So the guy had said that he had. Found after she hit him up again that he had found her Instagram and her she had like three thousand followers which is a solid amount and her bio said like model actress singer or something like that and that was when he initially was like all right this is a little funky because like an IG model's like hitting me up on Tinder a week after the fact and like unmatching me but still texting me on a date blah 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 but i guess the girl was good looking so he was just like fuck it i'll i'll see what's up but could you imagine being one of those dudes there and just like looking around and being like oh wow all these other guys are here for the same date and just fe- i would just feel so I, yeah you feel played a little like, bit but i feel like it's just such played. an absurd situation that'd just be kind of funny though like it's like so over the top yeah agreed i feel like at one <laughs> yeah maybe if it was like three guys you just be pissed but the fact that it's like a hundred dudes you like you just look her and the, what's great is the guy took a picture from like behind the stage sort of as he was leaving and so you can't see the girl but you could see all the dudes in the crowd and just some of these guys reactions are just kind of like what the fuck <laughs> and then there's other dudes that are like oh i'm it's in a big dog this, move like competition it, i'm here to win <laughs> you beat them you beat 100 guys you know 
I almost feel you like if you have any. That's true. I feel like if you have any sort yeah, of self respect, you would just leave. But if you had right? that kind of like, self confidence where you're like, I can win this, win it, and then just stand up and go. It takes a very, very, oh, very yeah, particular sure. guy who to win that competition. He'd he'd obviously have some big talk characteristics. Like he'd probably energy, be like probably. very confident, and he's probably like, yeah, he's probably very uh, like jacked. Um, wears a lot of hair gel. Um, it's probably that kind of guy. Probably I mean, a huge douchebag, total though. tool. I feel like it's not about. The he may or may not wear. Like, do you think she was just trying to get publicity for herself? That's what I kind of think that it has to be. Yeah, you don't think that she actually was trying to find someone no, like for a so, relationship like... by doing this, right? Do you think that she ended up going out with one guy afterwards and just told the rest of the guys, like, all right, know. fuck off? I feel like there should be more out about it, though, if that's what she was going for. There should be more follow-up to this. And so her – right. This, this should – yeah, there should be like a full story like what happened. Did someone win? Who is this girl? I think I saw that some people had tracked her down and <laughs> she's gone private on all Didn't social media after this story's come out. But Well, if she's – I feel like it publicity did and she had out, to, right? Maybe it was just too much. She flew too close to the sun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could see her getting a ton of hate for this, right? But I wonder if her competition was like a just that day, like if you it was a I few hours after, and you had to see the winner. It was like, like a bachelor in like a sprinting type race. Deal. Just in the middle of the square. <laughs> oh, shit. They were, they were really doing like yeah, primitive man. ass shit like that. She, maybe she's just all oh, about my God. just like back to like instincts like procreation you know find a way for your genes to survive you know it's uh yeah maybe she wanted like height to be a requirement so she wanted to see them all like line up from shortest to tallest or something (laughs) yeah just a funny story No, no. Uh, really. Anything Just else you want to talk about with this story? Incredibly absurd. <laughs> Do you think like she told like all of her friends I mean, I about this in told advance? Somebody. So, so people had to know if there's there seems to be a lot of planning that went into this, you know. A DJ. I don't know if it's a one man operation. That's true. <laughs> We need more. That's what we. That's what my takeaway is. There, I have so many other yeah, I questions that I just want to find out how this story gets resolved. Like, why did she do this? Was it strictly for dating? Was it for publicity? What were the co- other contests they had to do other than sprints? How many of these guys stayed around to participate in the contest? Who won? I mean, I did they like actually end like up going on a date? Like the- I don't know how the bachelorette so is, questions. but this is like just how the bachelorette should be. Just guys have to do physical feats, like and just don't know anything about guys what's going don't on. Know. I feel like that'd be way more. 
the guys don't realize they're dating. They're coming onto the Bachelorette. They're just like a bunch of I dudes think that's who a just show, show up right at there. this house. That is a show. I think I saw someone throw out that theory that oh, like is this being recorded? Like is this yeah, like I don't know going to be on MTV, punked or whatever? Well, if not, they should have because it's a compelling story. All right, and then moving on to wrap it up, because I wasn't on last week's episode, we just kind of wanted to rehash, um, most specifically Astroworld, because I I had some thoughts on the episode. I really wanted to talk about it, but I just had no availability last oh, week when uh, Connor and Rick were recording. So basically, you... You were putting out a lot what I was thinking, Rick, which I was – I'm not going to say I'm surprised because I, f- I feel decently strong about this, but I was ready for just an Astro World circle jerk on last week's pod, and instead <laughs> you you threw some well, cold water onto Connor. Yeah. So basically my takeaway from this album is that, first of all, I want to say – I. It is a good album. I don't think it's bad. I've been listening to it a lot. There's a couple songs that I really like. There's a lot of decent songs. But I think this album was almost like the hype was like a very, very specific type of hype. And people were really into it. And then once it came out, people were just going to love it no matter what. And I think a lot of that has happened on I've seen on Twitter people talking about it. Connor really just being obsessed with it. My brother Kyle really, really liking this. And for me, I felt let down. I don't know about if you felt the same way. I was expecting something big. Travis is one of my favorite artists out there. And it just didn't deliver. I just there's just there's not really any absolutely great songs, I don't think. I think the best song on the album would be Yosemite. Yeah. But Yosemite is only two minutes and 30 seconds long. And I feel like Travis Scott historically would have been able to just add so much more to that song Yosemite and would have been able to take it in another direction. That little hook that they do that he does after his and Gunna's first verse I feel like they could have repeated that again before or after Nav's verse. They could have done some sort of beat switch up like he does in so many of his other songs in that song. And it would have been just an, a perfect song. It's already really good. It's probably my favorite song on the album other than Wake Up. But again, just the length is so short. And that's a big thing for this whole album in general. Is every song, it feels like, is... Yeah, not every song is very short where I went through and dude, there's only three songs on the whole album that are over three minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. Those are, those are like the three (laughs) I was thinking of as examples of. (laughs) Okay. I think wake up might be like three minutes, 50 seconds. So maybe it's like four, but those are definitely the only three over four minutes. 
Um, and like, there's just only so much you can do with the song in three, three and a half minutes. And a lot of these songs are less than three minutes. Even there's like six songs that are less than three minutes. And there's just, I, I just, it's just not satisfying to the same sense. Like if you go look at rodeo, which is Travis Scott's best work, every single song yeah. is like five plus minutes almost, you know, from, Oh, my decide to, uh, 3,500 to, um, let's see, pray for love is pretty long. Uh, night yeah, crawlers long. Like a change 90210 has some serious like, length. Like sicko mode is kind of what you expect in stargazing where you have those beat switches in there and stuff like that, that work really well together. And he did. Yeah, yeah. After the first part of the album, you just don't get that really. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I don't even really like Sicko Mode that much. I know that's by far the most popular song off the album, it seems I mean, like. But I, I just it's don't really like, like it that it's much. Like, I'm out like drinking like I'd like to hear. It's not. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but... Stargazing would be really good, but I don't even really like the second beat change that much. The, the first part, like the... Rolling, 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 got me stargazing. That stuff is basically perfect. I love that so much, but when the beat changes, it's just it's just not as good. So I don't love stargazing as much as I thought I would. Um, I don't really like sicko mode that much. I don't like Drake's verse really. The had me out like a light hook is not very good, I don't think. Um Stop trying to be God is the most ambitious song on the album. I thought, I, and I like that. There's Travis parts about it that I like that. a lot. See, I don't like the hook that much. What I really like is uh, uh, the white guy, the feature at the end. What's oh his no, name? no! I thought you were talking uh, about uh, is it James Brown. Not James Brown. <laughs> yeah, the guy who sings the white at the guy. End. <laughs> I'm blanking so, on it right now. Is it uh Retrograde is his most popular song. James Blake. Yeah. James Blake? Yeah, no, I, I like that too, yeah. but I like I like I like stop trying to be God yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's one that I haven't really listened to a ton just because I don't like the hook that much. So it's, you know, it's. I think it's going to take some more time to sink in. I see myself liking that song a lot more than I do now. Um, Wake Up is really, really good. I like that song a lot. I think Can't Stop is uh, also really good. But really, I... I find myself listening to just wake up Yosemite and can't stop and not really much else other than that. I'll put, See, I, I like more maybe of the stargazing on you do It's growing just, on me more this week. Um, 5% tint. Like, like it doesn't have like, like those songs aren't bad, 
but they're not like great. They're not, they're just all right. But I think that was the kind of the same. Like there's a lot of just all right songs. And I don't think you can have birds in the trap. No, see, I disagree. I think there's like, yeah, I think, um, way back is better than, yeah, I'm not saying anything on Astro world. I think coordinate is better than anything on Astro World. I think Beebs in the Trap is, you know, would be a, one of the three best songs on Astro World. I think Pick Up the Phone would be better than anything on Astro World, and I think Goosebumps is better than anything on Astro World. I mean, that's five songs right there that are would easily be in the top. Three of right, Astro World, if not the best song on Astro World, and I think once you have that amount of great songs, that will carry an yeah, album, and, and that's more condensed. More, five songs. What is it? I think it's like five thirteen or fourteen now. tracks yeah. versus seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So when in five years we're going back, it's like even a lot of like really historically acclaimed albums. Like you go back and listen to them and like there's maybe seven or eight songs that you listen to a lot. You There's a couple you don't really like. Um, and I think birds is close to meeting that profile where you'll, where you'll look back in five years and be like, Oh, this has, Pick up the phone. This has way back. This has Beebs in the trap. This has goosebumps. Um, I don't know. That's just my. That's yeah, just my. I agree take. with a lot of that. I'm maybe not as hard on you, but I can definitely see where that's coming from. And uh, truth be told, I I'm still. Uh, we, I mentioned this in our group text that I think a, a good way to talk about albums is by like anointing a title belt and where if you wanted to go back to 2010 or whatever, you could say, all right, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy took the title belt. And then maybe in 20, what was it? 2014? or something like that was when rodeo came out and then you say all right i'm not saying rodeo is better than beautiful dark kiss of fantasy but it became the next great album yeah yeah um and then after that you could say all right well then blonde took it in 2016 and then Beach House Three, uh, whatever album. <laughs> I think Beach House Three is Karen's yeah, personal Karen's personal heavyweight. I'm not gonna lie, Ty I, I just <laughs> yeah. This is this is the Aaron title belt. Ty Dollarstein is holding on to that title belt right now. My favorite album that I'm listening to is not even Astro World. Uh, thanks to you, um, I've been listening to a ton of Juice World. Goodbye and Good Riddance. I've listened to that album twice as much yeah, as Astro I mean, World. I was listening to it a lot before, Boston so trip. probably the last couple of weeks I've listened to Astro World a little bit more, but it's still like in my rotation a lot, which is kind of surprising considering I'd probably just be listening to Astro World. Otherwise, I do like the album better. I think it 
just a really good like first album for someone to have. Flows really well. A lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Young Thug dropped an album last week. I checked Thug's that out. Album. It was not. I was. It looked really, like he was just put, trying to, to put, put on all way. the guys was, on it. On his I'm not label. sure I'm going to go back. <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt like yeah, that. I Every single song has at least that, one feature. A lot of them have two or three. You got to get two sides of Young Thug. That's kind of just trap, trap Young Thug, where he's just on regular trap beats, just rapping with just random dudes you've never heard of versus like Jeffrey Young Thug, which is a little more ambitious. Well, I actually like uh, Beautiful Thugger Girls a lot. The album got like zero pub, pub other than relationship. Yeah, but that's, I think, but that I think that album front to thing. back is really Jeffrey good, actually. Where it's not, it's like him trying to do something okay. like, our, yeah, whereas like all these like yeah, he's trying to do something like that, little, that like artistry versus just going into a booth and probably mm-hmm. putting okay. together those songs in like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much all, mostly what I have to say about Astral World. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other big takeaways I have. The full tour guy. So, what would you say your three favorite songs are from the? Oh, one thing about Astral World is uh, yeah, do we you want to talk about the really Nicki Minaj quick. thing? No. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Travis Scott in his second week outperformed Nicki Minaj's uh, album in its debut week. Um, And Nicki Minaj was very upset about this and started tweeting out that the only reason Travis Scott outsold him was because it includes like merch sales or some bullshit. I I couldn't really understand. Was bundled with it, so... And the merch is just that's going. That's what it was. And he's releasing and, like new merch every day. And that's like. And Kylie Jenner tweeted or put an Instagram up of like me and Stormy yeah. are so excited for this and, or something like that. But I, I saw I saw today that Nicki Minaj did the exact same thing. She's just not as good at selling merch as <laughs> Travis Scott. Because the whole Astro World kind of branding is really good, and Kylie I, I Jenner. I mean, there's no He's there's branded no... it and like promoted it super well. Yeah, it is, dude. But he's he's got that Kardashian oh, bump. Real thing. I mean, that is like a super super real thing. Where I don't think, I I mean, I don't think his album performs nearly as well if he's not dating, oh, yeah. or has has a baby with yeah. But that's just... Kylie Jenner. Hustling. It's hustling. I mean, that's part of the game. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the game. I mean, she just seems super salty about so, it. So, there's that. Yeah. Oh, so salty. And obviously, I'm super pro Travis. Like, I'm, I don't love the album, but I'm very glad that it's doing really, really well because I love to see Travis. He just announced his tour. I still absolutely want yeah, to, go to, to go to the I tour. I think it's going to be awesome. Coming through Denver, uh, so I'll probably try to get 
get some tickets. Awesome. So I guess that basically sums up Astral World, and then also just kind of some succession thoughts. So I guess if you haven't heard it, this will be the last few minutes of the podcast. We'll just rerun through that. If you haven't watched the show, highly, highly, highly recommend watching the show. It was the best show on TV since pff, last season of BoJack Horseman, whenever that came out in like September last year or something like that. I mean, it was better than Game of Thrones was. It was better about than Westworld okay, was this last year. Last season of Game of Thrones. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, ev- the first few episodes I thought were like a little slow. I remember um, I've been watching it with one of my housemates, and after the first episode, because I, I like dragged her into watching it with me, sort of. And then after the first one, I was really hoping the first episode was going to be really good so I could be like, oh, aren't you glad like you watched this? It was yeah. not that good. And I was, I was – a little apprehensive, and I was like, oh, man, that was not as good as I wanted to be, but it was good enough where I was going to try out the second episode. Second episode was a little bit better, but also good enough. I, I, I remember, I think it, it was episode three. And then by the end of the specific episodes. Episode three was the first one. I was like, oh, damn, this is actually a super good show. Like the highs of certain episodes were so good. I thought it was a little yeah, it was when throughout till the end of the season. Yeah. But like there's a couple episodes that were just so good in there. Yeah, and the the guy who plays Kendall is just fucking amazing, I think. In that last episode especially. Apparently, this guy is like he's a theater actor, so he's like very not well known, does not even have a lot of experience doing anything on film acting-wise. But apparently this guy just went super method. He like didn't he would not rehearse anything. So the guy who played Logan was like frustrated with him all season because he they couldn't rehearse any of his scenes. And I think it probably helped some with like just yeah. their like adverse feelings towards each other throughout the whole season. And, you know, apparently after the car crash scene that he refuted the oh, actor yeah, Jeremy Strong. We gotta shout out his name. Shout out to Jeremy Strong. He fucking killed that. I, he he should he should get an Emmy for this performance. I thought, especially the last few episodes and that last one in particular. Um, but yeah, apparently he he made them dump cold water, like ice water, on him for the entirety of like him while he was wet walking Literally back. He was filmed, yeah. just like. Covered in ice water. Yeah, literally shivering. Um, and then in that very last scene where he just breaks down in front of Logan, he was not supposed to like be that emotional in the script. And apparently the actor just got just so caught up in the emotion of the role and just absolutely broke down and lost it. And it was just perfect. Yeah, it was, so they kept it, it was on there. Good. Not big Kendall, the character fan, but... It was portrayed super well. 
Well, so my favorite character is by far Cousin Greg. Greg I think that guy's just so funny. I loved his. So perfect. His, like. Oh, yeah. When he. When he tries to just big dog Kendall into saying, like, so, uh, like, I have a lot of copies of the stuff, so you'll probably yeah. want to keep me in, like, a, a good role. Or I mean, something. like, he does, <laughs> it's funny because he, he does, like, pretty much. But that was a good Like, comment. Kendall basically says, like, all right, I'll keep that in mind. But he just does it so awkwardly, <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, it's great. And when Kendall like realizes that like what's happening and he's almost like happy about it because he's like, oh, I did not expect this from Greg. And it's not like Greg's trying to like take Kendall's spot. Like he's yeah, not going to no, influence he's try, he's Kendall He's not trying to like work you know? super hard. He just wants to <laughs> be in a good position, make, make good money. <laughs> he just wants a really good paying job. He's got the yeah. ticket. Yeah. And him and Tom's dynamic is just so funny. It was the scene that I thought was really weird was when uh, Greg tries to tell Tom that he thinks oh, yeah. Shiv is cheating on him, and Tom just like goes crazy on him. Uh, I didn't like that scene. I like when like Tom's like trying to take the, Greg the under his wing and stuff. That's yeah. true. After he kicks out the that dude, hey, Tom just seems like a beta out of the cuck, shit out of that man. dude at the end, though. And did he though? That was like right after his wife basically told him, "Like, hey, I don't want to be in a monogamous guy, marriage." So. Little victories. I don't think so. After, oh, after you don't think talk, so? No, they're still going to be working together. Because she basically told him that. He needs to get the fuck out. She's running it her way. Well, the campaign. So you I, think I would that think guy's so. actually going to leave the campaign? She's going to just have taken over. And it's probably going to be a whole thing about her just trying to win versus like the ideals. Yeah. So next, so next uh, season, I think, is geared up where the first season was very clearly like Kendall versus Logan. It just, I mean, it's impossible for Kendall to bounce back from this, I think. So, so I think the next season is probably going to take shape. All right. This is going to be Shiv versus Logan. There's already been some of the groundwork laid with at the end when they kind of start threatening each other. Um, And clearly she's going to take on a bigger role with the campaign and, She's going to be at odds with Logan, and that'll be like the main story arc. It's a, it'll almost be like The Wire, where each yeah, season we'll is like a that. different. It'll be interesting to see where they go like, from here. Theme almost. Yeah. But so that's pretty much it. Just wanted to put that on wax. Uh, I can't talk about Succession enough, to be honest. Like, Great show. Um, can't wait for season two. Oh, one thing that I do find sort of interesting, I don't know if you have any thoughts about it, is uh, what do you think about – I think Succession, it, it became a, a cultural wave for sure yeah. throughout the season. 
And I think that absolutely does not happen if it's released via Netflix oh, yeah. model where I think it's that's 10 episodes the advantage all HBO at once. still has right now is and that I'm people definitely like talk way more week to week. Yeah. It becomes appointment TV. Yeah. And I think it keeps me watching a show for more seasons by doing that because Succession's been on my brain. I've been talking about it, reading about it, whatever, for 10 weeks versus if a show comes out and I binge it all in one week, then I watch it all. I'm not really talking about it with other people because you don't know where other people are at in the show. And then you forget yeah. about it and it I, comes I mean, out in I think that's 51 how, weeks. I am with BoJack. I still haven't with finished the last season. season. I finally like got around to watching it, which I think is a really good show. But I just like have binged it every year and then I just kind of lose lose that interest. And then once I get back into it, it's yeah. Good, so but. for me, I didn't start. Yeah, so I didn't start watching BoJack until after the fourth season had come out, and it was a couple months out already. So I was able to just watch all four seasons in a row, and luckily that was like enough episodes where I was like totally hooked. It's one of my favorite shows, and it got to the point where like, all right, I'm ready to rewatch this before upcoming season. So I'm I just finished season three last night. So that's a way for me to keep myself engaged with the show. But I think it'll be interesting. I mean, Netflix's binge model must be proven in their data to keep people watching more Netflix. Otherwise, I think they would have at least attempted Mm -hmm. a couple shows to do like a once a week rollout, you know. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, so I think that uh, concludes our episode of week. This is a very Aaron heavy people missed you episode. So I hope you enjoyed. Like uh, the people missed me, I had a lot to say. I guess Rick is uh, still recovering yeah. for the weekend. It's now about eleven fifteen over there, so I'm sure he's tired. So more than happy All to. Right. I think we Do should some of the heavy lifting this week after taking last week off. Four deep next week. I don't see a reason why. We'll see. I feel like we say that every week, and hopefully <laughs> we end up I with don't about see four people. All right. Well, tune in next week to find exactly. out exactly. All right. Good night and good luck. <laughs>